Guys, what's going on? Welcome to the podcast. My name is Mackin, and I have returned to America Town. Um, things were a little hectic with my travel last week. That's why there was no episode. But now I'm back, and this is my Irish accent. <laughs> yeah, I have returned, and I'm so... You know, coming home was interesting because my adventure, which I'm planning on doing just like a whole episode, just telling telling the tale, um, I'll probably do that for next week. Um, it was glorious, and it was exciting, and it took all these twists and turns, and it was glorious. I already, you already said glorious, Mackin. They know that. Ah, oh, God. Um, anyways, so I was, I was, uh, I had mixed feelings about coming home. I definitely missed like the stability of you know routine and just getting good sleep and eating well and having a you know you know where you're gonna shower and all that stuff and having more than like two pairs of clothes. <laughs> But I, I loved the sense of adventure and, and uh, just meeting kind, interesting people all the time. Um, but you can, you can take that with you anywhere, you know? Anyways, there's a lot of takeaways from that trip, and I had a lot of thoughts on it. And I won't bore you with it now. What I will bore you with, though, is uh, a little description of my podcast and whatever accent this is, you know? So basically, uh, you know, um, I, I talk to people I think are, are creative, and I talk to them about creativity, or people that I think are just like intelligent creatures and I just talk to them about being like a human being and stuff. So it's one-on-one uh, free-form conversation and it really, we're just jamming. We're just freestyle talking and, uh, you know, it usually gets to some super cool places. Um, on this episode, we go the, we, we go the, we have the wonderful Maddie Ross. I had her lovely girlfriend Madison Shekel on my podcast a little while ago. And uh, this was just a lovely chat that I have with her. Now I'll sound a little bit like Michael Caine. <laughs> well, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Some men just like to see the world burn. Anyways, um, I was so... Uh, coming back to L.A., I had, like, mixed feelings. I was like, oh, is this the place I want to spend my life? I don't know. And um, a few days after I got home, I, uh, Maddie and I were, had been planning this podcast for a while, and I was just like just so overwhelmed with uh like love and righteousness and like all the great things that are maddie ross and uh she was one of a couple people that i saw in my first few days back that were like really inspiring to me as far as like oh yeah this place is fucking rad and like these people see me and love me and are great and um so basically uh fucking glad to be back and and stoked to know such uh wise cool peeps and uh, I'm stoked to share this with you guys. This is a really great episode. We, we talk about, um, what do we talk about? Sexuality, um, politics, race, uh, relationships, love, true love, family, um, art, society, uh, being an ally as a straight person for me um, and as both of us as white people. Um, in the shitstorm that is America. Anyways, uh, Maddie is just super wonderful, and she invited me over to her house, and she made me a delicious dinner of uh, quinoa and tofu, and was it Brussels sprouts? Some delicious vegetable, and coconut iced tea. Oh, gosh. And her, you can hear her lovely dog, Zeus, this big German shepherd awesome guy. 
messing around in the back. Um, so if you hear some clinking and clanking, that's us eating food. Um, and uh, if you hear some barking, and I don't have another uh, word for that. If you hear a dog, it's a fucking dog. Okay, guys? Jesus, get off my back. <laughs> now enjoy the episode, guys. I love you very much. Oh, also, if you could please review us on iTunes. That helps us a lot. Helps other people find the show. Helps spread the conversation. Spread the ideas. It's a revolution. And it's very polite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, as, as, a, as, a, as a white male, um, you know, the number one thing. I find is you got to listen. You got to fucking listen to other people's experiences so you can understand them and figure out how you can support them. And you got to fucking amplify, uh, you know, those voices when you get the chance. So uh, with that, I give you the glorious Matty Rawls. Oh, one more thing, but, and then I'll shut up and we'll get to the show, I swear. Um, just a little bit of context. Uh, we were eating dinner in Maddie's kitchen, and then we ended up sitting there for like two hours and talking, and the sun like went down. <laughs> but uh, the conversation was so great that we just kept talking, and then um, we ended up taking a break and then recording a whole fucking other podcast. And then the only reason we stopped recording is because I had to leave uh, to let somebody into my house that was staying with me. Um, but yeah, so I'm actually going to break this up into two episodes. So uh, what you're about to hear is part one of my glory. Oh, I forgot the fucking biggest thing. Not the biggest thing. Who's Maddie Ross? She's an incredible podcaster. She's in uh with she has a great podcast called Love is a Softball Field that is uh two best friends, ladies, queer ladies, and they're super smart and awesome and they talk about their lives and their experiences um as the people that they are and it's fucking rad. Um, so please check that out. Please check out her fucking awesome music that's produced by Madison Shekel. Um, Maddie Ross, M-A-D-D-I-E. You can find that shit on iTunes, Spotify, all the places. You guys, it's a podcast. And then I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> and then, hey, welcome to the show. I don't know why I'm um, holding both forks. Thank you so it's much. This you. looks incredibly delicious. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being at my house. And oh my god. Thank you for being a human who I can interact with. Oh my gosh. Any fourth and time. Um, Maybe? I can smell your glass of water. Oh my gosh, yes, I'm so sorry. Don't be... Oh, I gosh. made iced tea. Do you want iced tea? <gasps> That'd be great. Okay. Yeah. It's coconut iced wow. tea. Does that work? That sounds so delicious. Okay. You know, it's like I don't like coconut as like a ingredient in mm-hmm. foods. It works pretty great though in an iced beverage. Beverage. Beverages are delicious. <laughs> beverages as a flat, as a blanket statement. I'm a big fan of beverages. I don't know about you. It's kind of my thing. So I actually, my like old boss and yeah. um, who's a producer and podcaster, 
yeah. he and his wife have like a pretty successful podcast um, called Totally Married, and then on the side he has a podcast with his friend called Totally Beverages and Sometimes Hot Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and they just drink different drinks. That's like their premise, but it's like them hanging out. Yeah. But they literally like have fans who like send them cases of nice champagne and like they Whoa. got invited to go to the podcast awards in Vegas for like a Whoa! For like the food category. There are podcast awards in Las Vegas? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I know. Man. That's why I'm trying to like get in the gay yeah. podcasting circuit. Heck <laughs> in the gay podcasting circuit. <laughs> Is there are there other like gay podcasts that you there like, are, know of? There are a ton. I assume there are. I've had a lot of people like since we started our podcast. I've had a lot of people recommend gay ones to me. Yeah. But I actually just haven't taken the time to listen through. Yeah. But I know that there's just like. There's dozens. so many podcasts. Here, I'll get you this and also get you water. Thank you so much. No, I'm cool with just ice. Just ice tea. Yeah, just beverage. Beverage town is good for me. Beverage town, great. Um, what was I gonna ask you? There was a thing I was going to say a second ago. Anyways, what else? I feel like you should explain that I've had no human contact. (laughs) Yeah, bring me up to speed on just, like, where your mind is at right now. So, my lovely girlfriend. Also, we're sitting down to a lovely meal that Maddie has prepared for me. Thank you so much. sitting down. You're so welcome. Appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers. See the coconut works, huh? That is really nice. That makes it like a whole, makes it like a, another thing, you know? Yeah. Mmm. Um, yeah, so my girlfriend has been out of town. Shackle, previously featured on a certain episode that I don't remember the number of. <laughs> yeah, if you want to know what my life is usually like, you can listen to her lecturing Mackin for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> or just play this one and that one, like, at the same time, and then it'll be kind of like you two are interacting or something. And you know my part. Oh, just play them both at the same time. Oh, yeah. There's um, so many things I want to ask you. I've been listening to your podcasts all day long. You have? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because I've been trying to catch up. Oh, wow. And I love it. Like, oh, it's such a you. glorious podcast. Thank you so um, much. It just, I don't know, it just makes me feel, like, comfortable. But you guys are also, like, two very intelligent ladies. Oh, thank you. Or did so, you start cool. from from season one, or did you jump in? I jumped. I started all the way back. Oh, my um, God. It was so great. So you've heard already, like, all my coming out story. <laughs> I don't think I have. I think I listened to the first, like, five episodes. Mm, I feel like episode five, I I got into it, didn't I? I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. I'm trying to, like, pull numbers on you and see your podcast. So you're just fucking lying to my face. (laughs) I think I literally just started episode five, so I haven't heard that story. The most recent one I listened to, you were talking about getting into the Uber and talking about, like, uh, or the Lyft and the guy. Yeah, Lyft, not Uber. Yes, very clear distinction. And Mm -hmm. he was talking to you about, like, being, how hard it is being an immigrant and, like, being Mm -hmm. marginalized. And then he found out that you were, and then then you told him that you were gay because he he was hitting on you. He was like, do you have a boyfriend? You were like, I have a girlfriend. And then he started like. He went off on me. Yeah. And then you were like, dude, what the heck? Like, (laughs) I thought you were like, could sympathize with what it's like to be marginalized. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that was a powerful story. Thank you. And as a dude, I was like, oh shit, that happened (laughs) to people? What? Yeah. I mean, honestly, every single time I get in an Uber, it's like, how do you balance being polite and then you know, getting in a creepy situation. It was literally, like, every single time. Ah, fuck, man. Um, It was also really, like, beautiful what you said about, like, um, because, like, I don't know. When when I think about truth and being honest and stuff like that, a lot of times I forget, like, 
that like timing and kindness and like there are these other factors in like telling the truth you know and that was a situation and like this is what you said on your podcast where you're like no one should feel like pressured to come out to every single person all the time like, totally that was a situation where it made you unsafe you know what I'm saying so exactly it's like, that's not dishonest if you don't want to tell like a stranger you know what I'm saying that you're gay right exactly because, yeah yeah because I mean with that I had just reached a point where I was like finally yeah. proud and yeah. out and was like you know, it wasn't, I was no longer in that awkward state. You're going to be able to hear Zeus just munching. It's all good. <laughs> Zeus is eating dinner. The audio standards on my podcast are like, it's all ambiance, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm really getting the full experience of hanging <laughs> with us. You guys should make your own tofu and Brussels sprouts at home. <laughs> and it would be great if actually, like, we weren't doing this, but I just, like, added this in post for effect <laughs> to make it feel, like, down home. The most amazing editor. <laughs> this is fucking delicious, by oh, the way. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh, dude, thank you. Um, yeah, so, like, that was a period of time where I was, like, okay, I'm finally out and proud and, like, not just, not, like, apologetically, like, oh, yeah, I have a girlfriend, like... I'd finally been like, yeah. this is cool. Like, having a girlfriend is actually cool. That's something that makes me cooler, not yeah. not more weird or bad. Yeah. And, and I kind of, like, because for a while, like, for the first year of our relationship, I barely told anyone. Um, and, like, the coming out process was, like, very slow and, like, scary and weird. And then, like... Was the first woman that you were in a relationship with? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, I hadn't ever... I hadn't ever, like, really dug into, like, any questions about my sexuality until she and I fell in love. Yeah. And then it kind of was, like, I probably just had been, like, compartmentalizing that for a lifetime. Right. (laughs) Um, anyways, this Uber, this, this Lyft story was interesting because, like, it really... I was in a period of time where I was like, you're not supposed to lie about this anymore. Like, I'm so done with lying to people. Like, I'm so... You know, I want to just not be a liar. And that's right. something that I, like, was angry at myself for being. And so I was trying not to be that. And then that was an experience where, like, because afterwards I talked about it to my parents. And my dad was like, you don't have to do anything that makes you feel unsafe. And I was mm. like, that's actually a really good point. And then, like, the more I talked with other queer people, like, the consensus is just like how coming out, like to your friends and family like you do that on your own terms when you're ready yeah it's like the same concept that carries into like that's something unique to being queer is that like you don't just come out once and then it's all over with like you come out every day to Mm. different people you interact with like at the grocery store i have to decide whether or not i want to like you know hold hands with my girlfriend or not and and obviously like it's fine. Like, I live in L.A., and I go to Trader Joe's in Eagle Rock. Like, I can hold hands <laughs> with my girlfriend, but... You do run the risk of, <laughs> of people treating you differently. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, a conscious decision that... Because I'm fortunate enough to be passing, like, that's also another yeah. important factor, is that I'm, like, a cute white girl with dimples who, like, you know, I can easily... If I'm ever... You know, if I ever need to, like feel safe or like on someone's good side all I have to do is like smile and like be like oh can you help me you know like I'm not in any right so I'm I know that that's like a privilege of mine too but but it is a conscious thing where you actually don't have to like if this uber driver is hitting on you and he's like do you have a boyfriend and you are getting weird vibes you don't have to be like no I have a girlfriend yeah (laughs) when you sense that he might be 
homophobic. And so he right. had just like moved here from Iran and he was like it was so it was so awful. He was like, you know, like you can like be hanged for that where I'm from. And I was just like, Okay. Yeah. And then I felt weird and then he just kept going and he was like, um like he asked me if I had had anything bad. He was asked me if I'd ever been sexually abused and if that turned me gay. Oh, God. Which just horrified me. And I was just, like, immediately, like, my yeah. skin's crawling. And this was, like, another time where my girlfriend was out of town. Must have been a shorter period of time than now. Right. But um, she wasn't home. And it was, like, late at night and I was coming from LAX. So I was, like, coming home. Yeah. And... No one really... Like, I just all of a sudden was so scared. I'm in a car with this strange man yeah. who told me that in his country I would be murdered and Jesus asked me Christ. if I'd ever been sexually abused. And he asked me yeah. he asked me what I feel when I look at men. And I was like, I'm really not comfortable with you asking me this. And, like, yeah. I kind of didn't know whether or not to be firm right. like, like that or if that would piss him off more or if totally. I should just be more passive. Like, it was just such a hard situation. Jesus fucking and then, like... You can listen to the full story on my podcast. Right. Love it, the softball field. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, he um, eventually freaked out because he thought I was going to give him a bad rating or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he grabbed my phone at the end of the ride and gave himself a five star rating. Yeah, I and I just went show. inside and cried. Fucking Jesus Christ! And then afterwards, like a minute after I got home, I heard a pounding on my door, or not a pounding, I guess, just like a loud knocking. And yeah. I was like, he just came back to rape me. Like, he's going to, like, yeah. corrective rape me. I was, like, Jesus. so scared. And then it was my neighbor who had seen me, like, running down the driveway crying, and she wanted to see if I was okay. Fucking shit, man. Yeah. So, that was a nice way to kick off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I liked what you said about it, and not to just be quoting your podcast all the time, because like <laughs> you said, you can check out the lovely podcast, <laughs> Love the Softball Field, and, like... I, as, like, a mostly heterosexual male, like, listening to, a, <laughs> listening to a podcast, uh, listening to two intelligent women talk about their homosexuality, primarily, among other things, also just being people and stuff, <laughs> I find it, like, incredibly informative and helpful, not only, like, as an ally, but just as just, like, a human being that's trying to accept themselves as an individual, you know? So, anyways. Thank you for saying that. Oh, my gosh. Rad uh, podcast. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been really cool because... We kind of didn't know who would, like, who would listen, really. Yeah, yeah. Because, basically, it's, like, Annie is my, one of my best friends from high school. We had, like, pretty identical timelines of coming out. So, like, we didn't talk a lot in college. We'd, like, see each other over the summer and stuff. But at the same period of time, we both started dating our first girlfriend and then kind of, like, came out to each other at the same time. Mm. And so, like... And that was, like, a couple years ago. But Annie's, like, one of the funniest people I know, and she is really creative but is in, like, a master's program not doing creative things. And mm-hmm. and we kind of just, like, eventually we were, like, we're so funny, we should record ourselves. <laughs> um, she's, like, really hilarious, though. Yeah, you guys have a great back and forth. That's, oh, like, a you. special thing. So, um, anyways, we started this podcast, and we just, like, wanted to talk about about, like, coming out and just like our shared experience yeah and then so we've had like all these random people from high school who like i haven't spoken to in years just like people who i would not think of like messaging us and like saying really cool things yeah so like obviously it's been awesome like the, the coolest part of it is like 
all of the queer people who either are like this is really helpful or like sometimes asking for help like like we've had like some people which has been really cool being like hey like can I I would love to like talk to you personally about Whoa. like how to whatever like how that's, to come out that's what it's all about so that's been really incredible fuck yeah um but then also we've gotten like I just had because a lot of like just my family and friends listen to it yeah and so many people have been like this has been like a really good just learning experience as an ally because yeah. because I don't really talk about these things as much with like straight people like I don't bring yeah. up my queer experience like the way I do when I'm talking to my gay friend I'm like dude this happened she's like oh this happened and we get it like yeah it's just like a different focus of conversation totally and like the the uh, medium of podcasting allows for such an intimacy that I right. think it is such a cool learning tool. Totally. But it's also, like, I don't feel like I'm being, like, condescended to or, like, lectured on or something. Like, it's, <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just people sharing their human experience like all good art is, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, one of my favorite things that you said on that podcast, which is, like, I also recently saw the film Get Out. Yes. And it, like, briefly comes in the movie Get Out, like... And I was listening to another podcast with, uh, do you know Chris Gethard's podcast? No, but I know who he is. He has a really um, cool podcast where he just has people call in anonymously, oh, and they cool. just talk for one hour, and he's not allowed to hang up, and then, <laughs> like, a lot of times it just gets, like, super emotional. Oh, my or, God. Like, sometimes it's, like, super silly. Mm-hmm. That's so, crazy. Yeah, it's That's a great really podcast. Cool. So this one time, this, this transgender person called in, and they were, like, the basically the conversation, like, shifted into, like, okay, what can, like cisgendered people like what are the common kind of mistakes that cisgendered people make when interacting with people in the transgender community mm-hmm. and uh, something that you touched on and in this film and on this podcast was just like not everyone like has the responsibility to like educate you at all times and like yeah. no one has to be like a spokesperson or a mouthpiece at all times so you can't just like yeah. it's like disrespectful to just ask super personal questions all the right. time so while it can come from a place of curiosity and mm-hmm. compassion just to, like, go up to someone and be like, oh, like, like can I ask you all these really private right. details about your life? Like, mm-hmm. and in the in the movie Get Out, like, the satire allegory that's yeah. like, oh, like, what's the African-American experience like when totally. they're, like, all in the backyard and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, that movie is so brilliant. Fucking genius. Like, it's fucking genius. The fact that it works on, like, so many levels, I it's, know. like, not condescending but it's like so it like makes such a strong point but it's like a thriller but it's like super like like gripping oh man well like it's like allegory well the the part that i think you're referring to like when he's at the party and he's talking to all these white people and people are just saying ridiculous shit to him yeah like that's so better and like yeah like that's so powerful because before you even know like what's actually happening like yeah. It's believable just because that's what it's fucking like. To <laughs> yeah. Be. Totally. Like a person of color or whatever. Totally. And just the dehumanization can exist in a lot of like insidious forms. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think Damn, people. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> was, I think sometimes it's insidious and I think there's a lot of mm-hmm. like white knight like ness. I don't know if I'm using that term correctly. But like people thinking that they're like. Uh, like, especially, I thought that movie did it so well, like, especially when the dad's, like, walking uh, the boyfriend around, and he's like, I know what you're thinking, man, like, I voted for Obama yeah, twice. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm cool. I voted for Obama twice. <laughs> right, so therefore, like, it kind of can excuse this uh, racism stuff, which is kind of like, in my opinion, like, that's the, maybe the more 
dangerous type of racism. Totally, the liberal elite racism. Yeah, yeah, man. Because that's where I grew up in, like, a lot of, like, uh, towns where it's like, I'm not racist, but... Totally. And we're just like, it's like really like... Any like, butt is... Yeah. Is a butt I am. Where people are so afraid of being perceived as racist that mm-hmm. they do all these gymnastics to like... Right. And then what ends up happening is people just don't have conversations because it's like, oh, if we don't talk about it and we just get really indignant about anyone ins- insinuating that we're racist... <laughs> totally. Then we'll have solved racism. <laughs> right. You know? Um... So anyways, it was just, I grew up in like a pretty white area where like mm-hmm. there were very few conversations about race because it was just like, right. we, we, we did it. We already yeah, did it. Yeah, we did it. It's good. <laughs> I know. I did too. I had an interesting like, like I'm from Marin County, which is just really white, like really wealthy What county. part of the country is that? It's right outside of San Francisco. Cool. So it's like just north of the Golden Gate Bridge and just south of Napa. Yeah. Um, And... It's just, like, I went to, like, a small private school, and, but our school, like, had a pretty, they had, like, a lot of scholarship money, so I had a class of 80 kids, but it was, like, more diverse than you would think. I had a similar experience, actually. Really? Yeah. Private school was, like... Right. It was in the middle of that group in Orange County, so mm-hmm. it was, like, the beach cities are, like, pretty white and gentrified. Right. There's, like, also, like, Westminster and, like, Santa Ana and, like, a lot of different, like, minority communities, and that's where I went to right. school, and it's a similar, like, scholarship thing. Interesting. Yeah. I, which is, like, I think it's really important that, like, schools do that. Yeah. But there was such a divide between, like, it was literally, like, these kids were getting shipped in from the East Bay, because, like, the East Bay, right. like, across the Richmond Bridge would be, like, Oakland, and, and there was just, like, all of the students of color, like, not all of them, but a lot of them came from there, and they just were all friends with each other, and, right. like, I feel like people at our, in our community just kind of were, like, it's just because they're all on the bus together every morning, and they all spend time together, but it was, like, no, it's actually, like, more of a, I mean, the divide has to do more with, like, we all live in one place and they all live in another, and, like, culturally and racially, we're so different, and, like, our school didn't, just because they, we went to school together didn't mean that, like, our school actually integrated us and, like, like, it was just weird how the segregation happened, but I never really thought about it that much, like, I think about it more looking back, Yeah. but, anyways, like, I, basically, though, the majority of my upbringing was white. Like, yeah. people of color were in, like, a whitewashed context. And, like, I didn't really have any experience with people outside of my community. So, college was just a culture shock for a million different reasons. Right. And it was still very white. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just, like, very strange to, like, graduate USC and then, like, actually go and, like, live somewhere else like in a community like yeah and it's weird like growing up sheltered yeah it takes a lot of unlearning and like you have to just acknowledge like I can't imagine not acknowledging the fact that like I don't know everything or that like I'm making mistakes or that like I have like these tendencies or whatever that Mm -hmm. are racist that I need to unlearn or like 
things I've said and done are homophobic and yeah. I need to unlearn it or transphobic or yeah. whatever. Like, there's just so much learning to do. Yeah, but that first step, like, what you're saying right now, I feel like so many people are afraid to admit that they have any kind of internalized prejudice. Right, But and I think that's so bizarre. Like, I yeah. don't understand why that's the setting. I know that humans are, like, defensive creatures and, like, mm. no one wants to be told that they're an asshole, but, like, I just, if someone, like... Like, all these, like, Facebook wars, I know I shouldn't get involved in them, but I do. I cannot help myself. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, like, a lot of... I mean, I never I never really get into ones about, about being gay. Like, I more get into fights about gender. Like, I just call... Because mm-hmm. being a woman is, like, probably a bigger part of my identity than, you know, being queer. Like, mm-hmm. it's so... You know, it completely informs who I am and, like, all the experiences that I've had. So, like... I just think it's baffling, like, if I jump in and I'm like, hey, actually, like, you saying this is, like, problematic or offensive because of all of these really thoughtful reasons, it just mm-hmm. makes no sense that people would come back and be like, I'm not, I'm not sexist, you fucking bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just so crazy. Yeah, yeah, man, that's the thing where it's like, yeah, it's a lot of defensiveness. And I know that people don't want to look like idiots and, like, you know, their knee-jerk reaction when being right. told stuff. Like, and, you know, you got to keep it civil and you don't want to antagonize people. But it's just, I just think that, like, if I ever posted something and someone, like, if I posted something and a person of color was like, hey, I actually think, like, what you said is, like, a little bit racist for these reasons, I'd be like, oh, my God. God, like, yeah. fuck, I'm so sorry, you're so right, like, I'm gonna go read a book right now, like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. have dinner, I'm fucking totally. sorry. Like, yeah, well, if you just, I mean, if you think about human beings in general, like, I, it is fascinating how, like, the predominant or, like, oppressive groups will often, like, tell the groups that are being marginalized, like, how they should feel, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And so, like, when someone's sharing... Classic tool of oppression. Yeah! And so it's, like, it's just so fascinating to me when you see, like, clips of, like... Or even on the Kendrick album, like, um, when it's that... Who is it? Geraldo? When he's, like, some... He's that, like, white news anchor, and he's talking... Oh, at the beginning? There's the quote, and he's like, like, hip-hop has done more damage to young black lives... Than racism. Than racism in recent years, you Mm -hmm. know? Which is, like... the quote is like... like, Hip-hop is more harmful these days than racism. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, and that's, like, a very obvious example, (laughs) but oftentimes you'll see, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, listen up, black people. <laughs> like totally. white slamming yeah. black problems. For sure. Know? And I just think like uh I don't know, even on a even on a micro level, like just like the fundamentals of of like what compassion means, you know, is like uh, like I think the root of the word is like to suffer with, you know what I'm saying? And like uh I'm not oh, like damn. a I'm not oh. a, <laughs> I tend to be a pretty secular guy, <laughs> but like there's one part in the Bible that like I tend to quote Jesus like I would quote Star Wars or something, <laughs> you know, just like, oh, that, you know, that powerful moment where Han Same Solo. Same yeah. <laughs> just like story. With our amazing sagas with <laughs> tales of good and evil. And the, the fans of which, some of them are dicks, <laughs> and some of them are super cool. <laughs> oh my god. But there's a part in the Bible where, uh, like, I, I think it's Lazarus or somebody, Jesus is raising somebody up from the dead again, you mm-hmm. know, oh, he yeah. always does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But uh, where he could have come in and just like uses Jesus' powers and been like, bam, saved your kid, peace, guys. But mm-hmm. there's this like one single verse in the Bible where it's like, Jesus wept, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he like took a moment to like feel what they were going through. Damn. Yeah. And it's like cool. so much of the Bible is just like being nice to poor people and sick people. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? And, like All the Jesus parts are great. He's exactly. a nice guy. <laughs> Rad dude, man. Um, and so like just trying to understand someone's experience that isn't your own, I feel right. like, is a fundamental part of compassion. And so, like, yeah. there are so many people that are like, I don't, I don't understand, like, why she can't, like, stop drinking. Like, I just, if you have too many drinks, like, just stop. I'm like, right. you're not an alcoholic. <laughs> Alcoholics cannot stop drinking. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And so it's like, um, I don't know, and, like, I was out of the country recently, and just, like... Yes, how... Tell me. It was, well, just, like, in this part of the conversation, I'm just, like, relating to other people, and, like, I just, every single person wanted to talk about Donald Trump, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. pretty embarrassed to be, like, an American, you know? Sure. Were you, like, I'm from California? Yeah. Well, I had had to do a, some guy said it was really nice to me. He's like, oh, man, like, he's like, you're, like, uh, giving us hope that, like, some Americans can be cool. Like, Mm -hmm. I was out at a bar with this one guy. I was like, oh, that's the nicest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just fascinating. Now you know the burden of being a minority and having to represent an entire (laughs) culture. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or, like, being in countries, like, because I was in Spain for a little bit, or in France, and being, like, not speaking the language, and be like, oh, fuck, like. Yeah. And I'm just an immigrant for, like, two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, this shit sucks. I'm going home. Yeah. Well, I'm just, like, just feeling like... It is it is weird being, like, American because it's, like, uh... I don't know. I'm tempted to be, like, all forms of patriotism are shitty. Yeah. You know? But then there's a part of me that is, like, nostalgic. Like, because, like, mostly American music was playing, like, in all of mm-hmm. the venues there. And, like, there is a part of me that's, like, oh, like, there's some cool cultural things. Anyways, blah, 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 blah. I kind of forgot my point. <laughs> but it's just, um, I don't know, because, like, I, just the idea of patriotism is fucking weird. I know. And <laughs> rather than just being, like, we're, we're all, like, citizens of the world, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think just, like, there's such a fundamental difference between, like, I think it's interesting that, like, sort of a cornerstone of the right, the alt-right movement is, like, preservation of, like, Western culture or something like that, and, like, European, like, white values or some shit, but I think if you were to go to those white European countries, they would, like, predominantly, like, not fucking feel that way whatsoever, and part of that is the geography, is that, like, those cultures are, like, much more integrated with, like, other cultures, because, like, it's Mm -hmm. just literally just, like, a bunch of countries and cultures in a small space, Yeah. and America's, like, kind of on its own, Yeah. Um, and it's, like, for, in a large part, it's, like, lack of exposure, you know? Right. But, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's just weird, like, that people are, like, so defensive about their own, like, experiences, you know, and, like, rather than, like, oh, like, compassion like suffer with people are yeah. like oh like yeah uh, like you marrying a person the same gender like infringes upon my religious freedom <laughs> you right. know and that I type mean, of that's stuff just totally <laughs> and honestly it's going to die out in one more generation like we just have to hold our breath which is terrible because mm. people will be genuinely negatively affected along the way yeah and like one of the things is kind of, like, getting me through the depressing hellhole of administration that we have right now. Yeah. Is, like, knowing that, like, 
as a country, like, we're getting increasingly more liberal, and, like, yeah. healthcare, I think, will be solved in, like, maybe 20 years, mm-hmm. you know? Which is terrible, because people will literally die before then. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, like, my white privilege talking, being like, it's fine. <laughs> but, um, but at the same time, like, I don't know, we're... No, I don't know. Maybe I take it back. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> no, I feel you. Anyways, it was actually interesting speaking of podcasts and healthcare and stuff. Like uh, when Obama was on Mark Maron's podcast, mm-hmm. um, that was like his number one thing that he said. He was just like, everything takes so fucking long yeah. <laughs> in the government, you know? Well, Which is like a bummer when you have a president who like is trying to do a lot of social good, mm-hmm. but is maybe a benefit when there's like a horrible tyrant in power, you know? Well, it's insane that he really for a president didn't put so much change. Yeah. And how it's just being completely yeah. thrown in a trash can and set on fire. Like, how is this possible? Yeah. Like, to have that much... Like, maybe it was too much change too fast. Like, we had such a step forward that, like... Yeah. Like, we're, like the new healthcare bill would be, like, eight steps back. Like, we'd be worse off than before. Oh, for sure. Not. No bark, No growling. Anyways, it was weird because, like, I think Trump is just, like, he's making America's reputation be, like, a a place of, uh, that no one else is welcome, (laughs) you know, and that, like, it's, I don't know, like, rather than, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting preachy, but... I have um, a good friend from USC who did, like, all my album artwork and is, like, an awesome, like, creative friend, and she's Jamaican, and it's interesting to talk to her because I don't really know, I don't really have any close friends other than that who are, like, current immigrants, and so she's just, like, like, she literally, you know, got an email, like, around the time that, like, Trump was, like, right in January, like, right after Trump started doing crazy shit, like, his first week in office being, like, stay tuned, like, we don't know how this will affect your immigration status. Like, literally, she's like, shit, everything's up in the air. And, like, she just, she got her master's so she could, like, extend her citizenship or her visa or whatever. Um, But, like, she, it was just as she was graduating college and and it's like, she could literally get fucking kicked out. Like, she has to find a job that will sponsor her, or... Yeah, and just, like, the idea that, like, like some, like, that, like, some fucking horrible asshole who, like, was random, like, by the cosmic lottery was born here, has more right. fucking rights and relevance than someone who, like, <laughs> is coming here to, like, work very hard totally. <laughs> and become educated and, like, contribute to society. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, it just hilarious. makes no sense that, like, these yeah. shitheads at USC, like, deserve to just walk into, like hundred thousand dollar a year jobs and she would literally just have to be kicked out when she's yeah. way more of a contributor to society than and like one thing that was so like illuminating was like and i think snl actually did a really good job of like satirizing this was like just at the kind of like white liberal outrage that when like all this stuff happened yeah and where like people whose rights were actually being like infringed upon mm-hmm. were like less Surprise, Right, for know? sure. And yeah. I think that that was, like, such a good lesson. And, like, mm-hmm. I was... My friend Benicio, who, like, has a kid here, and he, like, uh, he, like, works at this hotel. Um, or, like, this, like, apartment building. And I was, like, talking to him the other day. I ran into him uh, walking down the street. 
and like it came up that like he like doesn't know like his future ability to like stay in the country. He's from Guatemala. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like and just like but just seeing the grace that he was like handling everything with, mm-hmm. and he was just like, hey man, you gotta respect like the government of the country you're in. Like this country's given me so much, and like wow. Yeah, and so just to say, like yeah. it was just crazy because I spend so much time like in conversations That's like, cool. with like very like enraged people. Yeah. Um, and so just to see, like, how, I don't know, it, like, almost makes it that, like, much more tragic, because it's, like, the the, the people that are being, uh, told to fuck off are, like, you know, incredibly beautiful, deep human beings. (laughs) I know. Well, like, that's a good point. Like, like, I remember after the election, when I was in total shock, I was reading so much of, like, black America and Hispanic America and Muslim America was, like you're surprised that half the country's racist because yeah. like, we've been telling you the whole time. And I know that that's super... People love to jump down your throat and be like, you can't just call half the people racist. But, like, I think absolutely more than half of our... I think most people are racist and, like... Yeah. I don't have a problem. Like, you choosing whatever reasons you have over the blatant racism and discrimination, like, that is racist. So, yeah. I, in my opinion voting for him is racist and like whatever you know both parties are problematic but that's just what I think and like yeah you know I know that's a controversial thing to say but no um, I feel you and it's just like um but also like the outrage like cause I think the fear for me is like normalizing all the crazy shit that's happening totally. you know and you were talking on your podcast about like writing down how you felt like oh yeah when, I did when he got elected and I think it's important cause you like you wanna be like oh this is not normal you know totally well, it definitely shattered our, yeah. <laughs> our, like, we were so fortunate to grow up, to like, grow up under, yeah. like, we came to emotional maturity and, like, a stable administration that was, like, pro-people of color and, like, pro, pro-LGBTQ. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it's like having a stable parent. Totally. It's like, like, they can, so... I can't remember if I've told you this, but, like, I am a teacher part-time, like, on the I've heard a little bit about this on your podcast. (laughs) Great. Glad you caught up with my life. I'm a fan. Um, thank you. So, like, I do this job, like, part-time. It's not, like, my main job, but, um, I work for this SAT tutoring company, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, basically, it was started by this guy who went to USC, but it's basically, like, trying to catch up, um like, kids who are in Los Angeles, like, in school districts that, like, have basically low college attendance rates and, like, zero access to any type of college prep. So I do, mm. like, SAT and ACT prep courses for students. Fuck yeah. And That's so rad. And I love it. Like, I really, really love it. And I meet the most awesome kids, but, like, they were fucking fired up about the election. Like, I taught on November 8th. And I was, like, teaching a class, and my students who were, like, all Hispanic, and they're all, like, either dreamers or, like, some of them are, like, not legal or have... Most of them have parents who aren't legal. Mm -hmm. And they were, like, who are you voting for? Like, hounding me. And I was, like, don't don't worry, guys. Like, I got your back. Like, I'm obviously on your side. And, like, they... I mean, these kids, like, it truly affects their psyche, and, like, it's terrible. Right. And then I read this fucking article. I posted about it. Um, it was, like, in January or February, fucking ICE came to one of the schools that I had taught at previously, ICE? and the, um, 
the immigrant, the, is it called oh, ICE? That's I don't know. Called, right? I think it's, you're, you're, probably, the, you're definitely right. I just don't know. Is the, that the like, immigrant control? The agency, control? The okay, agency cool. that deports people, basically, oh, fuck. Um, came to this school that I taught at and deported this dad when he was dropping his daughter off at school in Los Angeles, like in Highland Park. And... And there's a video of this girl, and she's filming it, and she's crying because her fucking dad is being taken away. Jesus And this Christ. was, like, fucking blocks away with, like, kids who I've worked with who, like, you know, like, I have young cousins and, like, know a lot of young people. And, like, there is no difference between, like, these kids and the other kids who I've, like, babysat for or, like, who are my cousins or whatever. Like, yeah. Like, there's no reason why those kids should just be able to go to, like, whatever private private college they want, and yet these other, like, also equally intelligent, equally charismatic, like, yeah. sometimes, you know, rambunctious or lazy or whatever, like, those kids also, you know, the only difference is where they live and what school district they're in. Like, exactly. Like, it's so fucked up because they're, yeah. they're so amazing, and, like, you know, if you slack off one bit, like, you could be fucked, whereas, like, you know, my cousins play video games and, like, are on, you know, yeah. can be total shitheads. <laughs> and that's not going to affect their future. Right, because they have privilege to spare. Right. Yeah. And and so that's just, like, really eye-opening. Yeah. Being in, teaching in parts of Los Angeles. Like, totally. I, I taught for eight weeks at this school in Silver Lake. And, like, I mean, it's so crazy to be immersed in their world. And, like, high schoolers are just awesome and hilarious. And, like, they have their social lives. And, like, they don't give a fuck if you overhear them and they're like yeah. <laughs> you know they're like talking about like like Justin Bieber and they're like making out with each other and they're like like doing like they're just living in their world and then like after school everyone's like thank fucking god school's over and they all like go across the street and like you know go to 7-Eleven and get like sodas yeah. and they're like all Talkies. just like they're all just like everywhere like starting to spread out and like trickle out into the world yeah. and then I drive like two blocks away and all of a sudden it's like hipsterville and there's like girls wearing like all black dresses and sunglasses with like dyed white hair you know like yeah. and it's just like so it's really it's almost like culture shock yeah. going back into that world sometimes like when I would leave school I'd be right. like whoa like these girls don't know that two blocks away, school just got out and all these kids are right here. Yeah. Like, and s- s- vice versa. Like, these kids have no idea that, like, that these girls, you know, have this world of, like, what they think is cool and whatever. Yeah. And it's, like, a- interesting to see Los Angeles from that perspective. Totally. I feel like most neighborhoods are, are really becoming gentrified. And, yeah. like, I think a lot of people here... <clears throat> Or maybe hear about gentrification and they're like, oh, like, so what? Like, so, totally. there's, so there's a new, like, latte shop on the corner. <laughs> like, that'll just, it's just nice. It's just clean. New now. latte shop. But it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of something hip and nice. Like a, like a shop that only would sell lattes. I wish there was a latte <laughs> shop on my it's corner. It's like, if you want an Americano, fuck off. <laughs> I really, yeah. I really struggled to reach for something there. <laughs> There's so many examples. No, too. no, that's perfect. Your, your point is definitely sticking right. to it. New latte shop. Yeah. But it's just the like. Uh, I remember like uh, my freshman year, I was in writing 150 or whatever at USC, and like just 150. Yeah. What the hell is that? It's just like the intro writing class. Is uh, it after 140? No, I didn't take 140 though. So it's probably. 
they, oh. they probably just like change the numbers. Oh, Anyways, sounds like it. It's the fresh because that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me. I'm a fraud. The I don't go to USC. I've never heard your podcast. I just wanted free food. What if you didn't go to USC? And you just convinced me you were like some kid in a grade below me. Like, oh yeah, man, the teacher. Oh boy, he was really giving it to me. <laughs> that guy, Christ Samson. Oh boo. <laughs> I actually one time, like, was really tired or something, and I accidentally called Chris Samson Christmas Samson <laughs> to, to Caitlin. Like, Chris is short for Christmas. Not to his face, to Caitlin. Yeah. And we just only refer to him as Christmas Christmas now. Samson. We just are always like, I wonder what Christmas thinks. But he can't know. Yeah. Like, any, everyone who's listening to this, like, Chris can't know that I call him that. That's fucking wonderful. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. Yes. You're such a fascinating, interesting person. Um, I want to hit a couple things, and then okay. I want to talk more about you as a person and stuff oh. like that. Um, but it was interesting because you made, well, real quick, just about gentrification. Like, yeah. The, um, like, I was reading these articles in this writing class about, like, um, Basically, like, families that have, like, lived somewhere for their whole lives and, like, all of a sudden, like, their local, like, supermarket, like, gets replaced with, like, a Whole Foods and now right. they can't buy fucking food for their kids. <laughs> and they're, like, being, like, forced yeah. out, you know what I'm saying? And people, mm-hmm. like, that have lived somewhere for 45 years, like, eviction notice being, like, posted on their wall and then, like, you read, like, a week later that, like, that person died because <laughs> they were, like, 85 and then the, just the stress of trying to find a new home, like, right. literally killed them. <laughs> And it's just crazy because, like, I think it's just fear. It's, like, fear of, uh, I think, like, so much racism is classism, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Just because, totally. like, I don't know, just, like, yeah, just fear of, like, low-income culture mm-hmm. and things like that. And yeah, just, for like, sure, because if a, if a person of color assimilates into wealthy white world, then yeah. they're fine. Well, totally. not fine, but, you know, they're accepted. Yeah, and so it's just weird because it's, like, I don't know. Pretty much all the people that I've met that, like... I'm going to go ahead and say all the people that I've met that have immigrated to this country are, like... Just, like, the balls and dedication that that process takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I don't know. The people that are just fighting a lot harder for a lot less, um... You know? Right. Than for sure. other people have. Anyways, blah, 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 blah. You made <laughs> the comparison a little while ago to, like, having a good president like having a stable parent and I was like actually like I had had that thought with Trump like almost like like an abusive boyfriend or something like that and like going out of the country for me was almost like get like, like going out of town and like <laughs> just seeing like other societies and obviously I was yeah. on kind of vacation slash wandering around um so I was kind of seeing places through rose-colored glasses and I'm sure that the EU has its own horrible governmental shit right but um it was just kind of being like oh like People don't have guns here. Like, <laughs> like I can kind of walk around late at night and, like, like there's this one guy that heard me late at night one night and thought I was breaking into his house and then ended up giving me a ride to where I was trying to go. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, check my privilege, white male, so, right. you know. Um, but anyways, basically just being like, oh, yeah, like, talking to people in Ireland. Especially Ireland's great because they have the kind of sophistication and cosmopolitan worldliness of mm-hmm. Europe, but not necessarily like, the pretension of, like, maybe like a French or, like, English society that would really be, like, condescending and talking about your government, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're, they're, like, a little bit of the underdogs in the... Yeah, exactly, because Irish people have been, like, really, like, ostracized as well. So they, right. were, they were cool to talk about politics with. Yeah. Um, but mainly just to see, like, 
yo, like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, it's so... It's, like, it's not that complicated, like, what we have to do here on the planet, you know, and the fact that it's, like, yeah. this anxious and fucking paranoid and, um, I don't know, just the general notion of, like, let's take care of each other versus, like, I'm gonna take care of myself and yeah. get out of here. You just speak English, damn it. Like, <laughs> anyways, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, <laughs> how is, I want to hear, because we were talking about it briefly when I came in here, because um, I'm, I'm almost, like... Borderline obsessed with your and Shekel's relationship just because oh it like God. brings me so much joy <laughs> and you two are so like nice and stuff. Oh, um, she's, she's not that nice. I'm. <laughs> she has so many great qualities. <laughs> I want to hear about y'all's relationship. So she's out of town and this is your first week living alone. <laughs> this is. I was telling Megan earlier. This is. The longest period of time I've, like, lived in a building by myself. Yeah. Because I had family growing up, and, you know, I don't think I was really left alone without my siblings at the very least. Mm -hmm. And then in college, I always had roommates. And, like, I've been apart from Shekel, but I think I always, like, go to, like, meet my family or, like, you know, go on some trip with a friend. Like, I'm never just literally alone sleeping in a house by myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually one time when I went and house sat for my parents last summer, and I thought that I was going to be alone for 10 days, and mm-hmm. then she drove up and surprised me, and oh! was like, sitting on my doorstep one time when I came home from lunch. Sounds pretty nice to me. Um, yeah, know. she's great. <laughs> <laughs> she was, I mean, yeah. she's, she's nice. <laughs> mm, actually, no, she's not. <laughs> well, one of my favorite things about Shekel is like... There's so much stuff that she hates and rants about that mm-hmm. I totally love, but I love <laughs> listening to her rant. Like, I was watching her Instagram story the other day, and she oh, was talking about how it. fucking shitty antique shopping is. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. Like, I, I totally like just going looking at old shit, yeah. but, like, just listening to her kind of, like, curmudgeonly rants <laughs> are so thoroughly, like, She's just wonderful. Like the most... Like, I've never met anyone who is so thoroughly themselves like Mm. like she just truly I mean there's a lot of stuff that I just don't have opinions on but like she truly knows exactly like she just thinks so I think her brain works at like twice the horsepower of a normal person it's pretty incredible so she's just like always thinking about something and can like so definitively say like this is good and this is bad this works for these reasons this doesn't for that I think that's what makes her like an excellent also, totally. You know. I know. And she's, I mean, she's basically, she basically has, like, some form of Asperger's or something. Like, yeah, yeah, she's, yeah. she's never been, um, like... Neurotypical. Yeah. Or something. Well, she, I mean, she just, yeah, she's, like, because she has some weird things where, like, like, her clothes are very, like, specific for her. Like, she's, she has some, she's yeah. like, put things on in a certain order and, like, sometimes something like all of a sudden she'll be like I feel weird in this shirt and she just cannot wear it and like has to get rid of it yeah or like she'll like get dressed in the morning and be like about to leave and be like running late but then she'll be like I have to go change like I have to go change and she'll right. like, go and change it and like like that's probably not normal but yeah <laughs> um but like for the most part like she's just fucking brilliant like I've never mm. met anyone more intelligent more thoughtful like I just I love her 
I'm a fucking crack. <laughs> How did you guys, I mean, obviously you guys went to school together, but like, yeah. can I hear the, the tale? Sure. Of your guys' romance? Sure. Yeah, she was So a- I can play this back every night before I go to bed. <laughs> so I can believe, so I can have wow. hope that there's good humanity in the world. Um, <laughs> sure, I guess, if that's what you want to do with this. Um, Just, and then I want to move on to other stuff. But. She, so we were. Just because um, I heard her side on her episode of my podcast, and I would love to like get the whole story yeah I was so mad at her because on your podcast she like didn't talk about me at all <laughs> and like you're like what like inspires you like you're know, you like who are your favorite artists you were like what are your favorite podcasts <laughs> she's like, like mm. come on check he's setting you up she literally just never <laughs> I was like what the fuck um but no like she is She's extremely doting. She's, like, a very loving girlfriend. And, like, I definitely feel like I get the long end of the stick. That's not an expression, but whatever the reverse of the short end. short end of the stick, yeah. yeah. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, she is very much, like, just very doting on me. And, like, so, like, she's just always, like, hello, beautiful. Or, like, always just comes up and, like, rubs my shoulders. And it's like, what can I get you? Like, can I cook for you? Like, she's, like, very loving, which I think a lot of people don't see that side of her as much because she's, like, very, you know, just dry. And, like, she's not very giving when she first meets a person. She's kind of just, like, checking them out. Um, Right. But, yeah, we were in the pop program together. Mm -hmm. And we kind of, like, eventually... So, like, I became best friends with Caitlin freshman year, um, we were, like, our second sim- our second band ever. We were put in a band together, and, like, we just became really close. And I hadn't, I like, didn't really have any classes with Madison. Um, I call her Shekel because we have the same name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then sophomore year, like, the three of us started becoming close. And then we were just, like, sophomore year, like, obviously just so depressed, like, just having the fucking hardest time, like... You know, music yeah. music makes you miserable. Yeah, making music scary. Going to school is scary. Talking to people sucks. <clears throat> you know, you never want to leave your bed. And like, the our my friendship with the three of them was like a total lifeline. Like the three of us were just super super close. Yeah. Um, and we like started like a joke band called Identical Triplets. But then we actually like I don't think Nick Belcher knew it was a joke, and he asked us to open for him. So we played one show <laughs> as Identical Triplets. Um, we're gonna do a reunion tour in ten years, and we're, yes! we're hoping to open for the Spice Girls. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were just like really the three of us were best friends, and we hung out like every single night. And so like she just you know became just like we really slowly like I had she, like Caitlin and I were obsessed with her and we were like she's so talented and so funny like why yeah. won't she hang out with us and we just like harassed her into hanging out with us and I mm-hmm. would like always harass her into getting tea with me because I knew you have she, like romantic feelings at this point no not at all I mean uh-huh. I mean looking back on it it's like oh my god I'm so in love yeah. with you like I'm sure I loved you then did but, you date uh men before this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and how like just in general how, how did those relationships go hated dating guys <laughs> but like I did really, you feel like pressured to socially or did they kind of come up naturally or I think I I just always felt really broken or, like yeah. I always worried that there was something wrong with me because I knew 
that, like, I never had any feelings back for people, but, like, I thought I was just broken, and I was, like, worried I was never going to fall in love, but it never occurred to me that I, maybe it was, like, a sexuality thing, because I just had no, like, right. I was just raised so heteronormatively, like, mm-hmm. nobody ever, like, like, I feel like Shekel growing up, like, she also wasn't, like, you know, aware of her sexuality at the time, but, like, she would not do girly things, so, like, you know, she was sort of, like, her mom would always ask her, like, are you gay, honey? Like, you can tell me. And she's like, mom, no, <laughs> shut up. But, like, no one ever even, like, presented the idea to me that I wasn't straight. Right. Like, I had no idea, and I just, like, I'd never seen, like, a gay girl represented like me. Right. Which is why, like, I care so much in, like, my music now, like, about just presenting, like, a normal girl who yeah. is queer and, like, writing love songs from a, per- from a perspective that's, like, cute rather than, like, disgusting or weird. Like, those are all things that, like, I'm, you know, are really important to me now as an artist. Yeah, hell because yeah. Because of that. But, like, I had a boyfriend in high school who I did. We were, like, best friends for a while before yeah. we dated, and I really liked him. But then I was, like, disgusted when we hooked up. And I was like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> I think he's just, like, a bad kisser. Right. I don't know. Right. And, like, I kind of just, like, wiggled out of that relationship. But we dated for, like, almost a year. But it was, like, I mean, at that same time, my sister started dating her now fiancé, who she's marrying in, like, a month. Right. So, like, she, we both got into these relationships at the same time. My sister and I are, like, a year apart. And she's literally now marrying that same guy she's been dating yeah. for eight years. And, like, I knew that, like, they were in a real relationship and I wasn't. Like, even mm. then, like, I was just, like, I don't know. Right. And then, like, in college, I was in a sorority. I, like, tried so hard to, like, find joy in hooking up with guys. Like, right. I would hook up with lots of guys. Like, and assuming because what you, like, how you were raised in, like, that heteronormative fashion like you were talking about, because it didn't feel right, like, it, it was something you were doing wrong, as opposed to, like, oh, there are other ways to live your life. Exactly. I just didn't know. I just was, like... I just got, you know, whatever, yeah. like, I gotta find someone I like, and I would, like, try so hard, and I would, like, try to be like, oh, I like this guy for this reason, and, like, totally, you know, yeah, like, I don't know, and then also, like, to put on top of that, like, the dudes who I was, like, hooking up with at USC are probably just, like, awful people, <laughs> um, for the most part, but, um, yeah, I just, like, really... Mm-hmm. was just trying to be normal because, like, or I was just trying to... Yeah. I wasn't, like, trying to fit in, like, oh, I'm peer pressured into doing this, right. but I just, you know, like, you kind of, like, go with what you know, and, like, like my sister went to USC also and joined this sorority freshman year and was like, you have to be in my sorority because she and I were really close, and, like, I joined it and kind of was just, like, and I had seen her, you know, like, going out and, like, she and all her friends, you know, like, they hook up with different guys and, like, the friends who I made in my sorority, it was all about, like, what party are we going to go to? Like, oh, he's cute, he's cute. Like, who are you going to bring to your formal? And I was kind of just like, man, like, everyone's gross, but, like, maybe it's just a bad selection, right. you know? Right, And, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I'm sure, like, on a spectrum, I think I'm pretty far, like, don't like guys, but, like, of course, like, I've, like, you know, had times where I've been, like, like, enjoy hooking up with people, and other times I don't. Like, yeah. it's not like it was... It's not like I was literally just being like, oh my god, this is horrible, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, totally. Um, I've had the same experience with guys. Like, I've only had one, like, sexual experience with a guy, but, like, just more as, like, an experiment, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like... 
even though I do, like, earlier in the podcast when I was like, mostly heterosexual, <laughs> it's because it's, like, it is nice to be able to receive sexual input from, like, multiple places and not, like, shame myself for it. Totally. But at the end of the day, what I find most, like, satisfying and connected, like, tends to be with females, you know? You are just, like, such an amazing person. Oh! <laughs> Thanks for saying that. You are, like, not <laughs> Like... Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, too, was, like, because, like... I don't know, like... One of the reasons I find, like, listening to your podcast and, like, also just hanging out with you and Sheck to be so great is because, like, I find that, um... And my fear with saying this is, like, somehow, um... I don't know. Like, trivializing, like, homosexual culture or something. And it's probably not, so I'm just gonna say <laughs> my thoughts. But anyways, please fucking call me out and correct me if I'm saying things <laughs> that are dumb. Um, it's just I feel like like my whole life I've felt like people have were have been telling me like that I'm not supposed like that the way I am is wrong, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And like uh, like I was called like faggot like so much of the time and like and the it's like the core of calling someone else like that word is really like hey the way you are is wrong. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And so there was, like, obviously, like, a lot of internalized homophobia. And I used to, like, like cross-dress as a kid, like, because my sisters would, like, dress me up. And then they would shame me for it, you know? Right. <laughs> Which is, I mean, they were just kids and, like, totally. whatever. But they it was so... They what they know, too. Exactly. Um, so it's super weird, you know? Yeah. Um, but, and also, like, being, like, like, struggling, like, with depression and stuff like that. Like, yeah. before I, like kind of got serious about my mental health and, like, got, like, a diagnosis and got on medication and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There was just a lot of people, like, with my sexuality and with my depression that were just like, what's your fucking deal? Yeah. try harder, be different. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. And so, like, I don't know, it kind of took me, like, a while to, like, embrace myself, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, like, I don't know. So... Basically, anytime I'm around someone, like, in the LGBTQ community, and the reason I find it so, like, accepting and lovely is mm-hmm. because, like, and it's, like, we were talking at your dinner table last time I was here, and you were saying, like, at the end of the day, like, we're all just individuals, and, like, labels are very helpful at first to, like, find communities. That? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that helped me a lot in my, in my, like, quest to accept myself, and I think that that quest extends beyond, like, sexual preference, and it's just, like... Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm, like, when I meet someone that's, like, out or something, like, it's usually someone that's, like, undergone, like, a, a fair, uh, their fair share of bullshit of people telling them, yeah. don't be the way that you are, and then have, like, I don't know, yeah, suffered through a bunch of that shit, and then have, like, decided to be who they are anyways, mm-hmm. and so that, like, just the acceptance of individuals, of individuality is, like, very inspiring to me. That's really um, interesting. That's really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is so interesting that labels are so helpful in, like, a small reason, yeah. smallest of reasons, but, like, I mean, they really are not helpful to me, like, in the way I was just describing of, like, yeah. I never saw anyone represented like me, and it thus led to, like, me taking way longer to find out my sexuality yeah. than if I had been, like, raised in a healthier society that was more normal about it. But, like, that is... 
I mean, that's just, that's what makes an interesting person, I think, is, like, someone who's just thoughtful and, like, like, there's not a person on the planet who's just born, like, totally discovering and understanding themselves. Yeah. And it takes work, like, active effort that you have to put in to discover it. And then, like, that's what I, you know, that's why I think we all love hanging out with, like, other artists so much is because those are people who have made it, like, their job or their mission to keep discovering all these things. Yeah. And, like, I thought I knew myself when I was 17, and I did. Yeah. Like, I knew myself very well. Yeah. But I also didn't know this fucking ginormous part of my personality. So, yeah. like, you would think, like, oh, you were just an idiot. What were you doing? Yeah. But it's, like, you know, you, there's just so much you can just keep peeling back. Yeah. And, like, and so I feel like people that have gone through that internal battle or are, like, familiar <laughs> with it give you the space to be yourself when they're around you and that yeah. is something I like I realized recently is something that I cherish so much like in my relationships and pretty much all the people that I like spending time with yeah are people that give me the space to be myself and like I may be different from day to day and I may change and but just like yeah that I can show up one way and and uh I don't know like I was on my on my trip to Ireland like I, I went there to farm like there were these farming organ like volunteer mm-hmm. things you know yeah and my first one was this wonderful incredible woman named BB she was this like Dutch Indonesian woman renting oh. a house on this farm and we oh worked God. in her vegetable garden played Jeez. board games and it was like maybe physically less comfortable yeah. like than other places I like would stay on the trip yeah but emotionally like I just felt so at home that it was like yeah. really, really hard to leave and then the next place I went was very physically comfortable mm-hmm. but so emotionally uncomfortable and I ended up leaving how long were you there? <laughs> I was there about a week, wow. um, and there was just, like, this weird, passive-aggressive, emotionally strange place, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Totally. So, it's weird thinking about, like, or I guess it's, like, been interesting thinking for me, realizing, like, oh, like, emotional freedom is really what I cherish more than, like, totally. or emotional comfort versus, like, physical comfort. For sure. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's so interesting, too, like, being emotionally uncomfortable is something that I was very familiar with. Right. Like, hyper-focused for that period, like, when I was coming out. Yeah. Because, like, even places that I used to feel so at home, like, literally at my home, for example, like, you know, around our Thanksgiving dinner table with our big extended family, like, I just felt like an alien and, like, you know, still do sometimes. And, like, I love my family so much and my family, like, they're the most incredible people I've ever met. Like, I love them. Um, But, like, sometimes... I feel, like, a relief coming back to L.A. or just being, like, I can go back into my world. Yeah. Like, in certain ways. And, yeah. And that's something that I've talked about a lot, actually, with, um, like, there's this girl... This is for me. Oh, thank you so yes, much. Yes, Um, like, there's a, a person who, like, reached out about coming out, um... Yeah. After, like, after hearing one of my podcasts, and I was talking to this person, and I was, like, basically, her parents are, like, not she's worried that they wouldn't be accepting but meanwhile she like has a girlfriend and is in college and has friends who it's great and whatever and like my advice I don't know if this is like the right advice or whatever but like my input was that sometimes like it is important to like to go leave and like have a separate life because you actually have the space to to do it yeah and you you know like, I think that's why, like, you know, gay people, like, flock to big cities, for example. Or, yeah. like, you know, like, they go to L.A. and New York. Like, 
it is important to go somewhere where mentally it's just like almost a fresh star for yeah. just like a safer space. Totally. And, but the really challenging part is then building the bridge back because, yeah. because like you don't want to, I do not recommend living separate lives and just being like, I'll just be one person when I go home yeah. and suck it up sounds... and then go back to my life. Like that's not exhausting. a healthy way to live. Yeah. And it is exhausting. It truly is the most emotionally exhausting thing. And like I was doing that for a while. Yeah. Um, and it's a bridge that like you have to build slope slowly and like you don't have to do it when you're not ready like right. for example right. if she's not ready to tell parents who might not accept her then don't fucking do that but you don't want to just keep them separate forever like it is an important thing to yeah eventually get to a place where where you're like where whatever feels right travels with you. Right. And it goes to your home, and you can still be the same person who you were around your family your whole life, but, you know, there's an adjustment of, like, I don't want you to use this language. It's offensive to me. And, you know, they adjust, but you also, you know, are more tolerant. Maybe it's not as great as when you're with yeah. your liberal L.A. friends. Yeah. And, like, you know, just different things like that. Like, totally. you have to... It, the balance is, like, a real challenge, and that's, like, post-coming out. Like, that's some of, like, the long-term yeah, work yeah. that I don't think Ongoing people think about. battles. Yeah, totally. And that's something that, like, I relate to a lot, even though I haven't had, like, a... Like, I, like not at all trying to claim that... No, uh, the, no. Uh, I think it's a universal experience. But just, like, uh, growing up in my family, like, I, I just felt, like, very, like, emotionally, like, uh, out of place. Totally. Know? And uncomfortable. And, like, uh, going to college and, like... Um, even especially going on this trip and just having the physical boundary yeah. was so nice, you know. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where there have been certain members of my family where I'm like, I, I like, or I'd kind of like given up on our relationships, you know. Yeah. And then there have been other times where I'd like really was like drowning in the relationships and like yeah. not maintaining a healthy boundary to protect myself um, out of some weird like obligation or something or like sense of duty or something. Yeah. And so now that I'm coming back, it's like there are so many positive as- aspects to those relationships, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's hard for me to... Because there are some me- members of my family that are going through some really hard stuff right now, but they're also, like... Just, like, hard to be around. <laughs> you know? And just, like, yeah. our relationships are difficult, you know? And so it's hard for me to be supportive, but, like, uh, also protect myself, you know? But also, like not be absent you know and it's like tricky because sometimes you know I like tend to put a lot of walls up mm-hmm. around like certain people and like they can kind of tell and so they're like oh like what's why you got so many walls up and then yeah I just put more walls up or I'll like start to take them down and get vulnerable and sort of, like, expect someone else to do the same, and then I'll just get, like, wounded instead, and then I'll get resentful because I had the expectation, you know? You're so sweet. So it's tricky, you know? It's tricky trying to, like, manage expectations and and, uh, maintain those relationships while also taking care of yourself and being like, yo, if I'm, like, hanging out here and bitter, like... Who am I fucking helping? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, what you're saying just kind of made me think of... Um, do you know The Prophet by Khalil Gibran? No. 
It's like the most incredible. It's like a small, like forty-page book. It's like a basically poetry. Yeah. Um, and my mom, my mom read it when she was young, and she loved it. So she always was like quoting it to me. But um, she said that like, because my mom loves babies and children and is like just the yeah. most maternal person. Like yes. she is truly, <laughs> she's just like a matriarch. Like she's yeah. so loving and like mom-like. Um, and she <clears throat> read this Khalil Gibran, Gibran poem. And so he, it's basically, like, this prophet who, like, goes on a journey and he gives, like, a little speech on each thing. So there's, like, on marriage, on death, on children is one of them. Uh. And so the line, it's, like, your children are not your children. And, she like, my mom said that she read that when she was younger, like, before she even had kids. And it just, like, her heart just, like, panged. Because she's like, what do you mean? Because, like, people yeah. have these babies, and they've been through all these life experiences, and then they're ready to start their family. And they're, they're like, this is my little baby. Like, it's mine. Like, it came out of me. You know, like, in a yeah. way, you feel like it's yours. Like, yeah. it is yours. They belong to you. And parents do their best to shape their kids and to, you know, have them be one way. But then... The kid grows up and it becomes this sentient thinking person and like yeah. I could have the best mom in the entire world and I think I do, but I still have to go out and have my separate experience and go right. through my life thing and now I'm like this person who exists and like you're this person who thinks and feels and is extremely complex. Yeah. And like you grew up in this one family but you belong to them and you don't. Right. I wanna I think I have the book on it. Oh man. Maddie has, like, been spoiling me with iced tea with coconut in it and, like, delicious water. I really like being in their apartment. <laughs> what are you saying over I was there? just, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turn the light on. We're now sitting in the dark because the sun oh, is yeah. set. So I just rescued this from my bookshelf because my parents are moving and I just went home. I haven't even looked at it since. So. Oh, Wow. It's like so so beautiful. I'm gonna read to you on children. Who wrote it? Khalil Khalil Gibran. He's just a guy. Just a guy. On children, seventeen, my lucky number. Okay. So, um, so the prophet like gets to this town, and a woman's holding a baby, and he said, "Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself." Whoa. They, they come through you, but not from you. And they, and though they are with you yet, they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you. For life goes not backward, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children, as living arrows, are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might, that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness. For even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. Fuck me up. Yeah. <laughs> That's some fucking truth right there. Jesus Christ. I know. I just, like, felt really yeah. emotional as I was reading that. Yeah. That's crazy. So this book, like, I mean, has come to me in so many different times in my life. Yeah. So there's 
table of contents, the coming of the ship, and then there's on love, on marriage, on children, on giving, on eating and drinking, Jesus. on work, on joy and sorrow, on houses, on clothes, on buying and selling. So it's the last one is on time, mm. on friendship, on freedom. I so it's read just this book. 62 pages. It's really short. It's just wow. it's just a poem on each crazy yeah. thing in life. This is like one of the best-selling books of all time, I think. Whoa. Thank you for telling me about it. I'm going to yeah. look it up when I get it's home. It's incredible. Get me a copy. Yeah. Heck yeah. Have you seen the video? <laughs> this is going to seem so trite compared to the beautiful <laughs> thing that you just showed me. What, like Anaconda? <laughs> no, have you seen that? Do you know the actor Terry Crews? Mm-mm. He's, uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, if you looked him up, he's like a super, like, muscly guy. Have you seen mm. the movie White Chicks? Yes. <laughs> He's the guy that With the like, big tongue? Yes. That guy. White Chicks is <laughs> it's one fucking of my great. favorite movies of all fucking time. It's I a true gem. White like, Chicks. That, like, I kind of feel like people have forgotten about it's or, like, like, don't talk about. Me and, me and my sister's favorite movie. We it's watch so it funny. The <laughs> There's a video of him on that got big on, that kind of blew up on Reddit. Um... Because, like, he basically built a computer with his son. And there's, like, a video of him explaining, like, why. He's like, yeah, like, my son, like, loves video games. And I was like, oh, shit, like, I'm going to lose him to this world that I don't understand. So, like, what if I, like, dove into it with him? And, like, so that he, like, so he, like, was, like, very involved with Red and being like, where do I put this part? And, like, live streamed the whole thing. And they, like, That's built incredible. it with his son. It's just a video about him talking about, like, wow. wanting to get to know his son rather than yeah. trying to shape his son, you know? Totally. It's just, like, so beautiful! It's Obviously, so beautiful. I've never tried to have a kid, but that's just, like... <laughs> I'm, warmed I'm my heart, so... I'm very maternal and very obsessed with children. <laughs> and I, yeah. like, really... Yeah. Yeah, I got to go to breakfast with my wonderful, wonderful friend Robin today, and she has uh-huh. this, like, beautiful... Robin six- Hansel? No, oh. Robin Rents. We went to high school together, and she has this beautiful 16-month-old child named uh, Oliver, and I got to, like, hang oh out with him today. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, That's so lucky. It was great. It was great. It was, like, the perfect amount of time. I got to play him for, like, <laughs> a half an hour. Kidding, get out. Yeah, exactly. So I got my fix of just, like, childhood joy and delight and cuteness. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I like I did some nannying when I first graduated, and like I'm still in love with this child. Like she is my soulmate. We're oh. best friends, but um, like it would be so hard being with the baby all day. Like it's just exhausting, and like I would be fucking burnt out more than I ever have in my life doing like an eight hour day with the baby. Yeah, and then I would like go to bed at night, and I would literally like miss her, and just be like, I just want to like pick her up and hold her, like. Mm. <laughs> I've got, like, oh. some strong hormones yeah. that are, like, yeah. trying to tell me I should <laughs> I should have a baby right now. Yeah. And I just have to keep ignoring them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so you and Shaq, you're like, Shaq, come to tea with me. Come to coffee. You're trying to, like... <laughs> that was a long uh, interruption to my It's story. all... Hey, my podcast is all fucking tangents. <laughs> but I do want to hear this, this, this tale. <sighs> so... Yeah, we just, like, kind of, I feel like I just kind of coerced her into being friends with me, because I just knew, like, I remember on our first day of songwriting class, she played a song, and I just immediately was like, I'm going to get to know her. Like, I I knew already that she was someone who was really hard to get to know, and I was like, I want to know everything about her. Like, I remember thinking that. And, like, I've always just, like, been obsessed with her. Yeah! Um, And... 
I could always tell she liked me, too. Like, I knew that she would, like, she liked when I, like, gave her a lot of attention, even though she'd be like, go away, I'm not hanging out with you. I mm. just was like, yes, you are. Like, let's, let's go away. <laughs> oh. Um, and, yeah, so we just became really, really close friends. And then probably, like, towards the end of junior year, it just we got so intense because we we would, like, stay up literally until the sun would rise talking. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, I'm back in, in space. Yeah, I'm in just fear <laughs> of, like, beauty. We were, I mean, the thing is, like, looking back on it, it's so beautiful. Yeah. And, like, unfortunately at the time it was all so scary that, like, yeah. other emotions dominated what really was, like, a beautiful, Pure. cute thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, like, my new, I'm writing a song right now, or I just finished writing it that we're going to release soon that's, like, a pure love song. Yeah. Because I realized that, like, I never, like, did that period of time justice because everything that I was writing was about, like, all these other way more urgent feelings that right. had to do with, like, my entire identity changing and feeling yeah. scared and overwhelmed and all that. Yeah. And, like, I just wanted to write, like, a cute fucking love song. So that's coming out. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's called Loners. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, we... Literally, like, we just had such an intense friendship all of a sudden. And, like, yeah. also, like... Kind of towards the end of junior year, Caitlin, who, like, we always hung out with, she was, like, kind of going through just, like, you know, whatever, like, life shit. Like, she was just more withdrawn and, like, was more, like, overwhelmed by schoolwork. And, like, we just didn't hang out with her as much. It, like, became, like, a lot of just the two of us hanging out sometimes. And, like, yeah, we would just talk for hours and hours. And then, like, and, like, I'm a very touchy person, and, like, I love to snuggle people, and, like, I just very much, like, crave human contact. Yeah, um, Which is why I have a dog. But, <laughs> but it's too hot right now for him to snuggle me, and I just... It's so sad for me, because my girlfriend's gone, and my dog won't snuggle me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we, like, you know... Sometimes we'd, like, fall asleep together on a couch or, like, snuggle, and, like, it was just so nice. And, like, we'd wake up together and just, like, stay snuggling. Um... And she, like, lived in this attic junior year, and she, like... Oh, my God, Siri just keeps turning on and thinking I'm talking to her. <laughs> Siri, you're fucking dumb. Did you do an Instagram of that the other day? Yes. Yeah, I remember seeing that. So I was singing, <laughs> and then she's like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I'm not talking to you. And also, Google it, because it's like, clearly <laughs> lyrics, and I'm clearly singing. Um, so Siri's dumb. Um. Siri, all, Siri, Siri is a speak to text for Google. Like yeah. that's all Siri. Exactly. <laughs> She's like, oh, should I Google it? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, Siri's like a roundabout way of just ending up typing something into a search bar. Yeah, like everyone's like, oh, the singularity, like AI is getting crazy. I'm like, no, it's not, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, we got all the way to go. Tell Siri that you love her. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> um. Anyways, so she, like, had this... She lived in this attic, and it was literally, like, so small, and it just had, like, Christmas lights hung up and, like, a mattress on the floor and, like, her two speakers by her bed. I remember one time I was, like, drunk and, like, out on the row, and then I was, like... Someone was, like, driving me home, and I was, like, drop me off here! And I, like, banged on her door. Or, no, I called up to her, and she, like, looked out the window and saw me. And then she was, like, she's, like, what are you doing here? Like, I didn't invite you over. And I was, like, I just wanted to see you. And we, like, just laid in her bed, and I was, like, I was, like, Tegan, she had never listened to Tegan and Sarah, really, which is, like, my favorite artist of all time. And we, like, laid in her bed and, like, listened to the con. 
and, like, just snuggled, and it was, like, that's clearly, like, obviously we were gay, but, like, I did not, you know, I just hadn't, like, it was compartmentalizing, you know, I just was, like, very obsessed with her, and she was obsessed with me, and it was, like, so that's kind of, like, towards the end of junior year, and then that summer, we, like, talked all the time and, like, really missed each other, and I was just, like, aching to, like, go be with her, and, um, I visited her in New York, and, like, we didn't hook up, but, um, I was kind of, like, starting to be, like, oh, whoa, like, I feel like our friendship is really intense, like, yeah. wonder if we're gonna have to address that ever, but, like, still didn't really just think about it, and then, like, once senior year started, we kind of just, like, hooked up one night, and then I was, like, I love you, and she was, like, she's, like, I don't know if I love you. <laughs> And I was like, get out. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, never whoa. talk to me again. Oh, my god! And I was so sad, and I ordered $30 worth of Volcano. <laughs> and she, like, went off to, like, careers in music class. And then she came home, and she was like, I love you. Oh, my like, god! I was like, okay, good. And then we basically <sighs> were just, like, in a love bubble. <laughs> this is I don't think I ever told much. anyone that, really. Um, oh! <laughs> this is filling my heart with so much joy. I, like... Careers, it was so funny because, like, dude, that class only met, like, once a week, and I, my attendance was really bad, and Schwank was like, you guys can't keep, because everyone in our class just, like, <laughs> never did anything. He's like, you guys have to stop skipping class, and I was like, okay, like, I have to go to this class, and then that happened, and I was like, I'm not going, I just stayed in bed and ate. Um, Volcano's pretty cheap, too. Like, that's a lot of Volcano. <laughs> it's not that cheap. It's kind of expensive. Is it? I probably only been once. Like I just a, said that. It's, like, kind of, like, a pricier downtown oh, really? L.A. place, you know? Am I thinking of the right place? It's, like, in L.A. Live. Oh, I'm thinking of a completely different place. Oh, no. This is, like, a... I'm thinking of a place on Figueroa. Mm, no, this like is, like, expensive El, Asian fusion. Place. Okay. Like, cool. like, Chow Fun is, like, $11. <laughs> and, like, gotta get some scallion pancakes. Gotta whatever. Gotta pay right. a delivery fee. Ooh. Like, yeah. gotta eat away your sadness. Oh, yes. Um, Something I'm very familiar with. <laughs> but, yeah, so then, like, we were dating, like, all of senior year, and we didn't tell anyone for months, and then, like, my two, like, housemates who I lived with kind of, like... Because, like, a lot of my housemates were, like, very weird about it and, like, didn't really like yeah. Shekel, and that was really hard. Uh-huh. But, like, two of my housemates were, like loved her and like got along with her and like the four of us could hang out and so then like they were like are you guys dating because like everyone kind of knew because we spent all our time together and we're like yeah. just really like staring at each other with hearts in our eyes but also being like we're just friends <laughs> um, and so our housemates like they they asked us and we were like yeah and they were awesome about it and then like my sister just was yeah. like was like you are dating this girl Right, yeah. and I was like, oh, um, and I was kind of like, I was kind of pissed at her because I was like not ready to come out to my family, but she just yeah. was like, asked me, and so I was like, yeah, in and like, family? she like pulled me aside into okay. a room. Um, yeah, were and you so, like, when your housemates asked you about it, were you like upset that they asked you? Not the ones who I was friends with because they like did cool. it right, and you know we were like actually close, and like yeah. I knew they accepted her and accepted it. Do you have but, any advice like for? Like when it is, when would it be appropriate for someone to ask, if ever? Like how to? I feel like you would know because, like, I, I think that for the most part, someone will come to you when they're ready. Like you don't. Like I had like this fucking terrible housemate be like, "Are you guys dating? Like, oh come on, like 
you're not okay well then like she's in love with you to just like watch out like she loves you mm-hmm. like and would always be like just barging in and like being just really like nosy and negative and like other housemates would just be like why are you spending all of your time with her like tell me like why and like people were just so weird about it and like I was weird about it too to be fair like I was not telling them like I was clearly I was obviously lying about what was happening but I wasn't ready like I hadn't See, the thing is, like, even if you know someone's gay, like, they still have to process it. And, like, I knew I was dating a girl, but I didn't know, I didn't want to be like, I'm a lesbian, because that would change my whole life and change how everyone perceived me. And I would have to tell all my family and all the people I ever met and all these people whose opinions I cared about, like, you just change everything. And I just, like... You know, I knew that I loved this girl and was dating her and was, like, obsessed with her and was in this happy, like, love bubble... But that didn't mean that I'd wrap my head around being, like... Like, I, I was, like, how could we possibly get married? Like, I've always imagined my wedding, and it's always been, like, a guy in a suit. Like, how could we possibly be married? This makes no sense. Like, I could never... Like, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but, like, probably not that. Like, I'll probably still marry a guy. Like, you know, so there's a lot of processing I had to do. So even if people, like, know, you know, it's not the right thing to just be, like, what's going on? Tell me. Um... And, like, I, I've had to get over, like, I, I think I could have handled it better, but also, like, I've had to, to learn to not have guilt about how I came out, because, like, there's no right way to come out, and, and so, like, I feel guilty about, like, not being true, honest with people, but, like, it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with other people. Like, my sister was so hurt that, like, I wouldn't have told her, but it's, like, doesn't have to do like me not telling people doesn't mean that I don't love them it's more like I yeah. haven't figured out I've never like I haven't accepted the fact that I'm gay so I'm not going to say out loud to you that I'm gay so like what was really helpful is when people just like befriended us and were like I love you like I understand and then like it is kind of hard to say out loud so like if you feel moved so like to be like you know are you guys a thing like maybe it'd be okay in yeah. the right situation but you can't just like you know, you it's just, like, so much more complex than I think a person can see. And, like, yeah. someone like my sister, she had a best friend from high school who also, like, was dating a girl in college. And my sister knew about it, but this friend hadn't come out to her. And she was, like, so right. offended, just being like, why yeah. would she not tell me? Like, she's lying to me. Right. And this was before I even, like, went through any of my experience of, like, you know, dating a girl. And I was, But even then I was like, why are you mad? Like... It has nothing to do with you. Like, it literally... If she doesn't want to tell you, like, why would... It's fine. Like, People do tend to get, like, entitled about, like, uh... Like, not being able to ask very private questions. Right. Um, And And it's just... It's just so hard. Like, I don't know that, like, necessarily straight people have anything to compare it to of, like... Yeah. You can't... It's just... It's just so overwhelming it's not it's an entire like my entire identity shifted like it was like I don't know like being told you're adopted or something like it's just like I'm not who I thought I was like now I have to reprocess every experience I've ever had and like try to understand it better and like even my podcast which I started this year I started it in January has helped me so much so like I'm almost four years into my relationship but like talking about it regularly helps me, like, learn more about myself and, like, mm. you know, learn more about other people. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Why Why podcasting? Like, how did how did podcasting get on your radar as, like, a means of 
making things? I can barely remember. I mean, I always just... I don't know. I... I don't know if I necessarily have always wanted to do a podcast, but, like, I love creating content. And, like, yeah. I've always just... I like just doing shit. Like, I like making things and, like, yeah. putting it out there. And my friend Annie and I were having these, like, really cool phone calls. And I was like, Annie, you're so funny. You should do a podcast. And then, like, we would talk about gay stuff so much. And we're yeah. like, we need to have a gay podcast. Did like, you listen to podcasts? I, I listen to more now. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I've kind of... I got into them at some point yeah. in the last few years. Like, I don't... I listen to a few... Like, I was on this podcast, um, formerly OMFG. They just changed the name. But it's, like, cool. a pretty big podcast. Like, it's by Earwolf. Oh. Or it's done by Earwolf. Whoa! It's, like... You're on an Earwolf podcast? <laughs> yeah. That's, like, pretty much um, all I listen to these days. Oh, really? Earwolf podcast. They just changed it to How to Be Less Old. Wow. But it's called OM... It was OMFG for the past, like, seven yeah. years. How did that come um, about? So the the podcasting family who I used to babysit, basically, yeah. Elizabeth and Andy are... So when I graduated, my favorite artist was Meg Myers, my favorite, like, mm-hmm. singer. Um, and I thought she was so cool. And I, like, looked up her producer and, like... Because this guy was, like, managing her and producing her and co-writing all the music. And I was like, he seems cool. So I just, like, cold emailed him and was like, hey, I'd love to just, like, pick your brain. And we, like, met up and we got along. And then he ended up like a few months later being like I kind of need an assistant like this stuff is yeah. taking off like I have more work that I can handle so I worked for him like out of like right after I graduated like this I like waited a summer That's and then man. in September started working for him and then I was like eventually like became the day to day manager for like my favorite artist so that was crazy cool learning Whoa. experience like I learned so much and so Andy Andy is the guy. He's a producer. And yeah. then his wife... So I, And then I also nannied part-time for their baby. Yeah. So I just, like, became really close with him from working with him and then close with his wife. Um, and then she's a comedy writer and podcaster. And so yeah. she had this huge podcast called Totally Lame. And then... Because her last name was Lame. Um, and then they started Totally Married together. And then mm-hmm. she had a podcast called Totally Mommy. And so she's just, like, in the podcasting world. Yeah. And she... What's her name again? Elizabeth Lame. Probably. I think I've probably heard she's some great. podcasters. I, I love her. So, so like, Elizabeth and Andy are, like, family now. Like, they're kind of, like... Fuck yeah. They're, like, my role models because they're, like... That's so cool. They, like, have two kids. They, like, yeah. both pursue creative things. Like, Elizabeth, like, had yeah. my back so much, like, during the election stuff. And, like... Yeah. Just, like, really, like, supported me, like, talking to me about... Yeah. A lot of stuff. Um, they're just, like, really great. That's fucking rad. And so Elizabeth knows, like, all these comedians and actors and podcasters. And so... Yeah. Um, How to Be Less Old or OMFG, like, their premise is, like, it's these, like, two funny comedian ladies. And they're, like, what are the fucking young people doing? And they, they're always, like, we want to meet, like, all cool young people. Yeah. And so she just referred me to them. So I did that. That's fucking rad. You were one of the young people? Mm-hmm. Fuck Yeah. Yeah. That's so sick, man. Yeah, so that's Podcasting cool. is such an awesome community. Like, it's, yeah. it's, like, when you find out that someone also likes TV, it's like, no, <laughs> you like TV? <laughs> I like TV. But if they like your niche show. The same show. show, exactly. Yeah. Totally. But, like, it's such a cool thing, like, it's almost like, uh, like, when I was in Ireland, like, the folk music community was, like, very tight-knit and kind of centered around specific values, you know? Yeah. Kind of, like, inclusivity. That's cool. And, like, everybody, like, singing and, like, taking care of each other, you know? Like, the... Because mm-hmm. when I ended up leaving the farm and, like, 
having to busk, you know, because I didn't bring money for traveling. So I was like, Is that how you made money from yeah, busking? Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god. But it was, and there were like people that that was like their lives. Like, wow. Live, live and died. Lived yeah. and died by song, you know? Wow. Damn. But it was almost like, and because I could like, because I like played and sang like folk music, like, they were sort of immediately just like, oh, like you're. Is that a firework? Yeah. Or a giant bomb? It was not a bomb. <laughs> My fucking neighborhood is obsessed with fireworks. It's so stupid. Because I could, like, after they were, because I went to this one open mic, basically, and, like, made a lot of friends there, and it was almost because it's like, oh, like, you're one of us, you know what I'm That's saying? really like, cool. I also emailed one of my favorite podcasters when I was there. Her name is Erin McGathy. She's this, like, mm-hmm. hilarious comedian improviser. Um, mm-hmm. And she was on a podcast that I would listen to all the time and still do and has her own beautiful podcast that I listen to every single week. Uh-huh. And I was like, is there any chance? And she moved to Dublin like a year ago from LA. And I was like, is there any chance you'd want to be on my podcast? Oh and she my was God. like, sure. And like, Fuck, that's yeah. And just because like, I feel like podcasting because it's like, I don't know, like podcasters have it like, oh, like we're in this together. You totally. know, and it's like, because it is a specific medium and it's, for it's been sure. around for like, you know. 10 years or whatever. I know. 10, 15 years. But it's just, uh, yeah. it's still, like, I still all the time run into people that are like, what's our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so funny how, like, yeah. some people just get it and other people are like. Yeah. But it's interesting because, like, technologically it's less advanced than a lot of things that are popular right now. But it's like, it's almost like, uh, I don't know, there's just so much about podcasting that I believe in, you know? It's like, yeah. it's fucking peer-to-peer, it's like DIY as fuck, totally. I feel like that's part of it. It's Incredible. also like, this like long-form conversation, mm-hmm. like, just like honesty and like catharsis and that type of stuff. And I feel like, like it's uh, really educational to like yeah. hear other people having conversations that yeah. you wouldn't otherwise hear. Totally. You're just exposing yourself to new ideas. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. They can be funny, they can be serious, they can be political, they can yes. be about a movie. Yeah. Like, it's just exposing you to something new. And the, like, I don't know, just living in L.A. and just driving around or, like, doing chores, like, it's mm-hmm. so, it's such a delight to be able to, like, witness this level of intimacy, but in your safe little world. For sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's also, I feel like, uh, like, I don't know, like, other communities, you know, like, if you were to come into town and, like, go to, like, a yoga class and be like, oh, these are the yoga people. <laughs> I don't talk to anyone in yoga. Yeah. There's actually, God, there's this guy who I'm worried he's going to murder me. <laughs> who is, like, I see at the yoga studio and, like, he must have, like, something kind of, like, socially off about him because yeah. he'll, like talk really loudly at the end of class which is like not really appropriate like right. when the teacher says like namaste he'll be like thank you Courtney <laughs> and like yell at them and he like brings the textbook and like reads it while he's stretching which is like kind of weird right and he just like seems a kinda little take, taking a little other people off. out of it there's yeah. something strange about him right. but I've like obviously noticed him because he's so loud and then I feel like he somehow noticed me and like he there will be, like, a huge crowd of people, like, walking into the studio kind of at the same time. And I can, like, see him looking at me, and I'll, like, try to avoid him. And then they'll walk up to me, and he'll go, hi. And I'm like, hi. And, like, he just... But it's not in, like, a cute, like, oh, hi way. It's kind of like, you might be a murderer. And I'm, like, really scared. <laughs> follow me to the car or something. Oh, Jesus I just, like, Christ. feel really weird about this guy, which is such a shame because... Yeah. I just got to see that one. It's such a shame because yoga is, like, 
very much like a safe space for me. Yeah, totally. So for many people. So it sucks that that has kind of popped up Ugh. in recent weeks. Yeah. I'm like, why is this? <laughs> and like, I can feel him like staring at me. Like right. it's really creepy. Like I'll like Ooh. be like, I think someone's watching me, and I'll look over, and he's just like this. <laughs> yeah. See, that's so interesting because, like, as a guy, that's really something I can't relate to. You know. I'm like a magnet for creepy people. Yeah. Because I, like, smile at everyone and, like, look people in the eye. That's something that I get a lot, too. Like, anyone on the street that's handing out anything or, like, yeah. any, like I get, especially busking, like, there was just, like, yeah. a lot of, like, either, like, mentally unstable people or just, like, eccentric yeah. townsfolk that would kind of come up. But yeah. it's obviously different as a woman. It is different. And, like, I'm so similar to my dad, and he's that way. And my dad is, like, this hilarious, like, really engaging, intelligent person. Yeah. And he, like... He loves to talk to like, he's like he's like I remember when my I was dad's young. The same way. Like, That's so really, crazy. yeah. I like remember when I was young one time. Like my dad and I were at the mall and we bought something and he was just like talking to this like young girl working there and she was like laughing and she like turned to me and she's like your dad's really special. Like I hope you know like you've got a great dad. Right. And like I remember one time we were at McDonald's and he was like talking to this lady and I was like Dad why were you talking to her and he was like. She's, like, an old woman, and she's on her feet working this job, and she's still smiling and saying hello. Like, you have to have respect for people. Like, like that's, like, how my dad is. He's, like, you know, like, mm. people, they're people. Like, she's a person, and I was talking to her because I was interacting with her. Yeah. And so, like, that's definitely, like, embedded in me. Right. But then it's also, like, it gets me to the worst fucking situations <laughs> where my Uber driver is, like, being a murderer. Yeah. Or, like, whatever. I feel you, man. It's yeah. It's just, like, I mean, like, Nine times out of ten, it's fine, but it just sucks that... Totally. And and nine times out of ten, like, you end up in the most beautiful situations of right. all time. Like, the, on my trip, when I, like, didn't know where I was going to stay, I'd start talking to someone at a cafe, and then I'd, like, be sleeping at their house that night, well, you know? that's crazy. But then, like, that one out of ten Yeah, you times, can't do that like, when you're a girl. You can't just sleep at a guy's house <laughs> and start talking to you at a cafe. Yeah, yeah. But there's also sometimes just straight up crazy people that you're just like yeah. I need to go and like you're 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 I oh feel unsafe as I've a guy had, and so I've had so many experiences like I've had people follow me to my car yeah. like I've had times where I've had to Jesus leave Christ. leave a parking garage like it's so weird fuck man people like oh, yeah that's dude. definitely something I don't think about it's just like going throughout my day just like do 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 I'm gonna go to this country now <laughs> um okay podcasting fucking check Blah 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 blah. Your fucking music. Your fucking music oh my is God, bad we as even shit. Music. Are, you, <laughs> I know. are you okay that we're an hour and forty minutes into yeah, the podcast? How absolutely. long do you want it to be? You want to split in it, split it into two, maybe? I'll figure it out. Okay. I sometimes I, I put out some some long ones, but I don't okay. care, man. It's like fucking. This is a great conversation. Yeah, exactly. You know what? The podcast is like <laughs> secondary to the conversation always. You know? Yeah. But also like fucking, you know, I feel like the people that. <laughs> I like to listen to podcasts sometimes that are, like, yeah. crazy long, and so... Whatever. Do you have, like, a regular... Do you have listeners who are, like, in with you every time? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, because, and we were kind of talking about this before, because my concept isn't maybe as strong, um, mm-hmm. and because I'm just pretty inconsistent with putting out episodes, I'm trying to, like... Consistency is, I think... The number one thing. Yeah. yeah like, definitely. what I've learned from Elizabeth, who had her podcast yeah she ran it for seven years and she literally missed like four weeks ever she literally released something every week for seven years and like 
whenever I asked her about it, she was like, you just have to. Consistency. You just have to. Because, like, and then I've learned that, too, like. Totally. Because with my favorite podcast, like, my my favorite, one of my favorite podcasts is an improv podcast, and it comes oh, cool. out on Mondays, and I yeah. literally downloaded it, like, on Monday at 6 a.m., and yeah. I was like, where's my link? I need this it fucks, comfort. It fucks you up if it doesn't show up. Yeah. Which, it's like, like a friend that's going to meet you at the bus station. You're like, yeah. you're not at the fucking bus station. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> like, we, we were, like, really consistent for 10 episodes or whatever, and then we kind of, like, fell off the bandwagon. And, like, we started getting texts from people being like, what's happening? Like, where's the podcast? And we're like, whoa, yeah. like, you you listen? See, that's fucking awesome. And Like, I'll miss we, a couple weeks and no one <laughs> <laughs> We've got to, I mean, the good thing about having a partner is you combine your your fan bases, yeah. which is cool. But, like, but, yeah, like, my friend, like, I have my, like, best friend who's, like, a sister to me doesn't like music or care about music. And she's just never, like been interested in the fact that I do music like our relationship just has nothing to do with that and I was like yeah. I was like I bet you like she probably hasn't even listened she this girl's like literally a sister to me she's like our yeah. sister and I was like she probably hasn't listened to my EP like I don't think she she just doesn't listen to music doesn't care um but I put out my podcast and then she like texted me it was like I love it and I was like yeah I was like wait what like you listen to that and she's like yeah. I love podcasts like I listen to them all the time like it's part of my routine yeah and then I realized like a lot of people like have their routines are like way more set than like mine or like probably yours because people have nine to five jobs and yeah. like their commute is like such a big deal and they have yeah. stuff on different weeks and things like that and so yeah. like for me I'm like who cares Monday Tuesday Wednesday like totally. whatever we're, I'll just do it tomorrow creatives yeah <laughs> and they're like what the fuck Why, where's the podcast right and I'm like oh yeah. We actually, like, I, we were looking at our numbers, and we're not sure if we're reading them right or not, but we think we have, like, a thousand unique listeners. Whoa! <laughs> but we might also just be totally wrong. Like, monthly, or, like, just, like, weekly, or? That's just, like, what the analytics thing said is, yeah. like, like, how many unique listeners it tells you. That's but fucking we, But so we're, like, cool. I don't know if that's right. But then, like, yeah. each episode gets, like, four or five hundred listens. But Damn. I'm, like, is that right? I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, That's super sick. It's crazy. It's really yeah. weird. And like, and I think it did have to do with the consistency thing. Yeah. And now our thing has gone way down because we've been really sporadic about yeah. it. Well, I think your show's rad, and I think it's like important, but Thank it's you. also like I enjoy listening to it, Thank which you. is the best kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I actually sometimes listen to it like randomly when I'm alone, and I'm like. Yeah. I get so excited because I have a really bad memory, and so I just feel like I'm talking to Annie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I just hung out with Annie for an hour. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way, too. Like, sometimes I'm, like, afraid that it's narcissistic, but, like, uh, like when I did uh, one of these with Katie Gavin, and, like, I was mm-hmm. so just intimidated. Yeah. Not that she's not incredibly nice yeah. and welcoming, but uh, she's just, like, so smart for and cool sure. that I was just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so listening back, I was, like, able to actually listen to the things That's she funny. was saying more, you know? Mm-hmm. Even though I was, like, trying to listen during the thing, I was, like, mainly just thinking, like, oh, I'm so <laughs> don't fuck up, don't, don't fuck, fuck up. up. She's so yeah, cool. she's wow. way too cool to be around. <laughs> yeah, like, why is she donating her time to me? Uh. I think I, yeah, I saw her. Like, the day after she did your podcast. I really? Because I was, like, I, I just was talking to her, and she's like, oh, like, I did Mackin's podcast the other day. And Whoa. I was like, oh, cool, how was it? And she's like, it was awesome, he's cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, oh. so you're in. You're good. Oh, thank the Lord. You can relax now. Yeah, I'll get random texts from people. Like, I definitely don't... I don't know if I have, like, consistent peeps, but... Yeah. Like, I did cool. one with my dad, and then I got a text yeah, from, cool. like, my... From his uh, nephew, but who's, ba- who's, like, 45 and has kids. Mm-hmm. And was basically just like, whoa, like, this was significant. That's awesome. Or, like, me and Reese That's talked cool. a lot about, like, depression and, like, suicide and, like, right. self-harm and stuff. And, I want to like, listen to that one. I haven't listened. Dude, he kills it, man. Yeah, he's, um, he's great. Oh, he's a wise, he's a wise being. So there'll be random ones that I'll be like, oh my god, like, my brother is, like, away at college and I don't get to talk to him, and so, like, listening to your podcast with him, like, right. I got to, like, feel like I was hanging out with my brother. Right. Know? But I, the way I try to approach it is, like, like, the way that I find that it's most satisfying, this is, like, everything else is just gravy, you know? And that's, like... Yeah, It's mainly sure. about, like... You know, just hanging out with cool people and getting an yeah. excuse to ask them totally. to quote the Bible and ask them about their very personal. <laughs> That's like the best part. Experiences, we you know? we did a podcast. We did a Wolfie and Friends podcast for yeah. a little while, and that I loved that because it was kind of like an excuse to invite people over. Yeah, and like. Or even to just sit down with your friends who you hang out with all the time, but have, yeah. like, a more structured conversation. Totally. Because it's even just, like, putting a microphone here like, yeah. just, like, allows people to, like, really open up, you know? They, mm-hmm. don't, they, they don't feel so uncomfortable. In the same way, it's like, oh, like, going to coffee, like, what is that really? But it's <laughs> like, I think there's a lot of power in, like, rituals, you know? The only person that, like, putting the microphone down actually, like, limited us was Rosie Tucker, because, like, we had never really hung out before. Yeah. And, like, we started recording, and she's just such a naturally open, giving person that, like, the fact that it was being recorded actually just, like, kept us from talking about super, super personal stuff. Right. And so we stopped recording and just, like, talked for, like, three hours. Yeah, it's great. And then we did another one later. Yeah. It was wonderful. Um, She's so great. Oh, God. What a... Like, I just, like... There are times where I feel bad about myself or <laughs> about humanity. And then, honestly, Rosie Tucker is more often than not the person. Or there's, like, four or five people that I think about. Um, just the fact that they exist. You, you guys how seem, they like, kindred. That means a whole lot. Because she's, like, I really, like, admire the shit out of her. And just the fact that she makes her way through the world the way she does, like, gives me hope for yeah. myself and for she's people. She's amazing. Super rad lady. I think I'm not positive... Maybe I shouldn't say this. I'll just say it, but, like, I don't know if it's for sure, but I think, um, because Sheck is producing Rosie's new EP, and I think we're going to put it out under Sentimental. What's that? What is Sentimental? Our label. Whoa! Fuck yeah! Wait, you have a label? Yeah, but right now it's just me. Yeah. Um. Whoa! So, like, we, like, put out my stuff under Sentimental Records. Yeah! This vision that Shekel has had for years. Oh my um, god. Of, like, a fair payment model and, like... Like, really, like, actual indie, like, with, like, certain ideals. You can, you can look at our website, sentimentalrecords.com. That's um, so sick. And so, like, Shek's EP is coming out soon, and that'll yeah. be on Sentimental. Whoa! But then, is Rosie... It only, is it only female-fronted acts? No. Cool. It's not. No reason. Just, <laughs> I was asking for a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. But, yeah, because, like, we both love all the work that goes into, like, releasing music. Like, yeah. we both really enjoy it, and, like... You guys work fucking hard. Thank you. Um, Me and Carter talk about it. We're like, they're so inspiring. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aww. You guys, we look up to you guys. Hi, Carter. Does he listen? Sometimes. I don't know if he listens. We'll see. I, I shouted him okay. out in an episode we'll the other day. We'll find out if he listens. <laughs> because he will text me right now yeah. saying, Hi, Maddie. <laughs> back. 
I shouted him out in an intro the other day. I was like, I miss my friends. And then I was like, you know what? I just miss Carter. Everyone else, <laughs> fuck you. And I haven't heard from him yet. And I'm, it's so tempting to tell him about it, but I really want him to stumble upon it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Yeah, this is the test. <laughs> Anyways, so you have some more music coming out. Yes. I've heard uh, your EP, uh, Making Out Is Easy, which mm-hmm. is fucking rad. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's so cool, dude. I was listening to Angel Olsen recently. Yeah. And it, like, kind of, I don't know if you're, like, a fan of her or whatever. Um, I actually, like, didn't really listen to her that much, but, like, yeah. since then I have. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Sometimes I'll find that, too, where it's, like, something will come out and someone will be like, oh, you remember me of them? And I'm like, oh, I'd never heard of them. Like yeah. maybe we listen to similar I think things. that, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. you probably draw from the same pool. Totally. But anyways, it was just, like, <laughs> reminded me. Or, like, Karen O, in a way, too. Oh, like cool. Just, like, super, like, badass and, and <laughs> cool, but also, like, shamelessly girly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's, dude, that is... But also edgy as fuck and, like, <laughs> cool. And I don't know. It's just, like, that's that just, is... like, I'm all about oh my music. God. It's you super rad. You just really, like... <laughs> You just fucking get it. <laughs> Most it's people just rad. don't get anything. I don't know why. <laughs> um, yeah, like that's. I was talking about this today. I was so I'm working on a song right now with yeah. um, Andy, who's the old producer who I used to work for. Um, so like I normally like everything that we've released has been like written by me or co-written by me and Chef. Mm-hmm. Chef has produced it. Can you not mark, please? Featuring Zeus. Yeah. The Chef, Zeus, and I work really hard. Yeah. Um, but Andy had like this idea recently, and like I'll work with him sometimes, like on other artist things, like do some co-writing and stuff. But um, he had this idea that he showed me, and he's like, "Would you want to work on this with me?" And I was like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. So we were, we're, like, writing a song, and I was talking to him today, and I was just saying, like, I... He was just asking me, like, really, like, yeah. businessy type questions of, like, yeah. you know, where do you want to see yourself be? Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, what, what boxes would you put yourself in? And, like, I just made the point that I really, like, I think that, like, I want to be, like, you know, edgy and, like, confrontational because that's a part of my personality but like I also like think I'm I'm nice like I'm like really friendly and like and not intimidating I don't think like I think I'm pretty approachable yeah and like I don't want to have some like oh I'm a badass like I have this like whatever personality where I'm like a cool girl yeah like I don't I don't think I'm like a cool girl I think I'm just like I don't know like I definitely am like feminist and, like, have strong opinions yes. and, like, you know, make music that's about shit that's, like, yeah. sometimes, that like, about confrontational topics, but, yeah. but, like, I want to be, like, feminine and soft because that's what I am and, like, that's, like, yeah. the contradiction that I was always told couldn't exist, but yeah. it's what does exist because, like, humans yeah. are complex. I totally so. get that from your music and from your podcast. <laughs> you know, they're both two very inviting things and, like, they're both, like woke and cool <laughs> and pushing like boundaries but I also feel like oh I'm like oh this is like very nice and like inviting you know? I love you Mackin. oh I love you see I have this problem where I prematurely tell people I love them <laughs> I don't know if I love you I have to go to my career as a music class uh, <laughs> but no yo I love coming over here you guys have such a warm house and I've already Aww. said a bunch of nice things but you yeah you and Shay it's so weird because I just randomly messaged Shekel on Facebook I know how did that come about how I was you... just looking for people to help record some Nova Darling songs and I like I think uh, 
Shekel got recommended to me? Or I... Maybe from Georgia? Yes, that is exactly what happened. Yes. And then I just messaged her on Facebook, and I messaged a couple people, and mm. nobody responded. What? And Shekel was so enthusiastic and, like, pro, yeah. and, like, right away. And I we think we were friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'd ever fucking met, ever. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, like, and I, but I, and I, but I listened to, because I think she started Wolfie and Friends, like, a couple yeah. weeks before I started my podcast. Oh, interesting. And so I was like, oh, there's another podcast person out there. Cool. Yeah. I know, yeah, I think that's how I became aware of you first, is someone was like, some kid... Some young kid has a podcast. <laughs> We're like, who is he? Yeah. Is he cool? Yeah. Okay, he's cool. <laughs> yeah, so even if no one listens, it's like, it's it's nice. Uh, it's basically how I've met Shekel and how I've met yeah. you. And, like, Shekel and I made some Nova Darling songs together. And, like, That's like, by far, she's just, like, oh, one of my favorite people to work with. Yeah. Um, because, like, sure. like I said about emotional space, you know, she gives you so much and is so supportive and great. Yeah. Shekel, I love you. Anyways. I love uh, you, too. Thanks for fucking being on my podcast. Are we done? It's over? We can still hang out. (laughs) Go If you want to have tea with me. (laughs) Should we do podcast number two? I'm fine. Should we we stay recording? (laughs) Sure. I mean, I'm not... I I don't have anywhere to be. Oh, to be continued. What a mystery. Will they survive? (laughs) Tune in next week to find out. Felix, you're done.